0: If you have a Bible, I want you to open up to Second Peter chapter 1. Man, it's awesome. You guys, wow. It's a lot of you tonight. I guess it's because it's like, well, it's the last one, so I'll go ahead and get one in for the year. So welcome those who came to the last one. We're glad you're here. This is the last live for the rest of the year. So what are you going to do on Wednesday nights from here on out? Well, next week you'll be at home because it's Thanksgiving break. You'll be hanging out with your family. The week after that, you'll be serving at Angels of Light. The the week after that, I don't know what you're going to be doing, but stay tuned to what our team will be doing. We'll be doing different events throughout the city, and so uh, you never know what we'll come up with, what they'll come up with. But uh, you won't be too bored on Wednesday nights. You'll have something to do. Or just stay at home and watch whatever comes on, or do homework. I don't know what you do on Wednesday nights. I'm always here. I literally have no idea, except the Rockets who are on right now. So let's get this going. 2 Peter 1. Peter, I want to uh, let you know, uh, he's one of my favorite people in the Bible. If you've been around here at all, you know that. I love him because I think we're a lot alike. He has ADHD. He has anger issues. He's got problems. Michael, okay? And so I really love learning from Peter. And I want you to see what he wrote, what Peter wrote right here. So if you're talking right now, I'm going to ask you to stop because I really, I don't want any distractions tonight. So please just zone in. I know it's hard for a lot of us to do that. But tonight I'm going to ask you to do that. Peter right now is around 70 years old. And in verse 12, he says, so I will always remind you of these things. And he's talking to people who are just on fire with Christ. He's talking to people who, man, they are just in the word. He's talking to people who, a a lot like you in this room, man, you understand the Bible really well. And so he's saying right here, I want to always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. And the reason I personally am sharing the scripture with you is because I had the opportunity to share it this weekend. And, man, it, it, it blew me away. And I really felt like, man, you guys need to hear this as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas break. And Peter is telling his people, look, I, I'm going to say some things, and I may repeat myself, but I need you to be okay with that. Just like some of you around here, you, you've been here long enough. Some of you have graduated and gone to college, and you're still coming back. And serving, some people are watching online and they've, man, Michael, you know, you've talked about this. You've talked about that. And I just want to say, good, maybe we need to keep hearing it over and over again. I know I do. I forget pretty quick. I mean, most people right now in this room, those of you who are like, you're zoned in, you are focused, you're taking notes, you are all in. those people, you are going to remember 25% of what I'm saying right now. It's depressing like like, and that's those of you who are like zoned in like taking notes and you're all at 25% so the rest of you like 0.1% what you're gonna remember like I don't know what he said I don't know those of you who are zoned in those of us I'm the same way who are zoned in we're focused we're taking notes you go home you listen to the podcast you, you take notes, you read over your notes, you read the scripture. Those of you who are so in, you pay attention that much, you are only going to retain 45% of what you are taught. That's in school, church, whatever, 45%. And so Peter is saying, look, we, our memories, and he's got crazy ADD, he don't remember anything hardly. And he says, I'm going to remind you of some things. And in verse 13, he says it again. He says, I think it's right to refresh your memory. As long as I live in the tent of this body. The reason he says tent, if you know me, again, I'm not a camper. I know that offends some of you. I won't name any names. But I'm not a camper. Okay, I don't camp. And he says the word tent. When I see the word tent, I think gross. Okay, like I don't want a tent. I'm not about that tent life. No, which is true. Because he says, as long as you live in this tent, what he is saying is this. Check this out. This is really good. He's saying, man, we're not going to be here long. Our bodies right now, we're just a tent. Because eventually, we're going to be in mansions. When you die and you have Christ in your life and you have a relationship with him, when you die, you get your own mansion. And that's awesome. Mine is going to be baller. It is going to be incredible. I hope, Lord, please, come on. You know what's up. You know my heart. All right, go Rockets. I mean, it is going to have its own. I mean, it's going to be incredible. But right here, Peter says, as long as I live in this tent of this body. In verse 14, because I know that I will soon put a put it aside, I'm gonna take this tent, because you know tents, right? Tents, they get kinda ratty, they get kinda jacked up, they get kinda old, every tent in the world leaks, by the way, okay? Like, no, not that one, no, every tent leaks, every tent I've ever been in. And by the way, for you camper folk who, whatever, I bought a tent, this is real, this is no joke, I can't, I just thought of this, okay? So, no, you're not winning, I bought it, because my daughter, one of my daughters, the older one who can talk, and hold her head up. the other one still like, okay She's, she don't she can't do it yet. She's two months old by the way like what does that mean okay? So Emerson says, Dad, I want to I camp and I was like, no who have you been talking to? And so I bought a tent and we're gonna camp out in the backyard. And here's the problem <laughs> my backyard can't even hold the tent I'll be honest with you. It's gonna be an experience. whatever the tent's gonna leak I promise you and it's gonna rain that night and I'm gonna be right but every tent has issues every tent has problems we are gonna get old eventually uh well I'm already way older than most of you and uh my body's already breaking down and that's what he says here because I know I will soon put it aside put my tent away because Jesus told me that's gonna happen Jesus made it clear to me I'm gonna die So much so, Jesus said in John 21, he told Peter, now think about this, you're having a conversation with like, oh, God, okay, he's done some awesome things, and he's like, hey, Peter, I'm gonna gonna just tell you what he says right here. John 21, if you're taking notes, John 21, 18 says, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. True, okay, that's a good word, thank you, Jesus, for that, to Peter, and went where you wanted to, thank you, Jesus, but When you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. What he is saying right there is you pretty much have your own freedom. And there's going to be a moment when you don't get to dress yourself and somebody else is going to put something on you. And they're going to stretch your hands out on a cross, Peter, and you're going to die right there. and they're gonna lead you to where you do not wanna go. And I, I love when, when John does this in verse 19, it says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. Like I love when it explains, like what does that mean? Keep reading. Jesus said it to indicate how Peter was gonna die. And by the way, Peter died with his arms stretched out and he died upside down on a cross because he didn't wanna die the same way as Christ. And then look what he says after this, if, you, if you're looking. It says, Follow me. Uh, You just told me I'm going to be crucified, and now I need to follow you. doesn't sound fun. I'm going to go ahead and follow someone else, you crazy fool. I mean, that's your friend. That's your boy. That's your leader. Like, yeah. Hey, you're going to die, and it's going to be horrible. But hey, let's go. That's the Christian life. That's what he's saying whenever he says, Jesus told me that my tent is breaking down. That's when he said it was right there. Following Jesus does not mean it's going to be easy. Following Jesus is actually really hard. And we see it right here. Hey, you know what? It's going to be, you're going to die a certain way, but hey, follow me. Let's do this. Following Jesus, as a lot of you know, is tough sometimes. But the cool, is, cool thing is we have him to follow who's been through it all. Verse 15. Back to 2 Peter. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Remember, now he's going back to remembering, like, I want you to remember this. So it's obviously a big deal. And the cool thing is, he knows he's about to die. He knows he's about to die. And he is taking care of other people. Most of the time, whenever you hear about people that are about to die, they're like, Oh, man, I got I to gotta do this. I gotta, at least I would. Okay, I would. I'd be like, hey, we're going to this place. We're doing this. I'm going to jump off a building. I'm gonna. I don't know why I would jump off a building. I would never do that. I don't think. I don't know. But who knows? That just came out. Maybe that was my heart. Who knows? But Peter is like, man, I'm about to die, and I want to take care of all of you. I want you to remember this. That is so Incredible. And it makes me think, man, Michael, what are you leaving behind? He's leaving behind Christ. And it challenged me to make sure I am leaving something behind. If for some reason, I walk outside and one of you are like racing in the parking lot, and bam! I mean I'm cool, all right? Disgusting, Craziness outside. Maybe two people will be upset. I'm in heaven. But what have I left behind? Here's what I hope. This is what I hope. My wife and I, our biggest prayer is that our kiddos will be independently dependent on the Lord. Let me say it again. Our prayer for our kids, for every one of them, is that they will be independently dependent on God, which means they don't need us for their relationship with Jesus. Parents, I know that's your goal too. If it's not, I would challenge you in that. I know that's your prayer. Work hard to do that. So many parents, have, you're doing that. So many you students, you are independently dependent on the Lord. You know what another part of my prayer is? A lot, I don't, not every day, but a whole lot is this, is that you guys, people watching, will be independently dependent on God. Meaning that you're not depending on me, you're not depending on Dr. Young, you're not depending on anything else but the word That's what I want to leave behind. Last night I had the opportunity to go to Breakaway, which is an amazing, amazing uh, worship time at A&M. And I went and I I walked into that place and it was crazy. People were like, Michael, 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 Michael. And it really at times really annoys me. But I was so excited because all these students who are at A&M, were there at nine o'clock at night, by the way, that's really late for someone old like me, worshiping, and it showed me that some of those people are independently dependent on God. That's what I wanna leave behind. What about you? What legacy are are you leaving behind? Think about that right now. If you were to die right now, what would people say about you? You're like, that's sick and weird. No, but that's real. What are they gonna say at your funeral? I hope no one has to lie at your funeral. What legacy are you leaving behind? I don't want people to say, man, Michael, he was a great communicator. Womp, womp. Michael, man, he was athletic. That wouldn't get said, but that would be kind of cool, actually. I want them to say... Michael saw people come to Christ, and when they came to Christ, they went on they lived it on their own. That's That's cool. That's cool. That's what Peter's saying right here, man. I want you guys to do that. Verse 16, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses. Peter was walking with Jesus. Okay, that's baller all right that is awesome like if someone's walking with Jesus I want to know what they're saying he was there he was an eyewitness he was a part of it he high-fived him he good hey good game brother I mean he was there with you know that happened I mean it just did you know and he was an eyewitness in verse 17 he received honor and glory from God the father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased Verse 18, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on this mountain. Let me tell you what he's talking about for those who have, what was that? Here's what Peter, ADD writer even, he's an ADD writer, okay? He's just like, he's all over the place. Here's what he just said. In Matthew 17, I just want to read it to you. Pay attention to this. He's saying, I saw and I heard God. Look what he wrote. Look what he's talking about in Matthew. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, three people, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. Verse 2, there he was transfigured before him. What in the world does that mean? I'll tell you. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses, Elijah, Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Here's what happened. Peter, James, and John hanging out, fishing, hanging out with Jesus. Jesus says, hey, boys, let's roll. Gotta go up the mountain. So they're down here hanging out. Doo, 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 doo. I don't know what that noise is, but they're down there doing it. They're hanging out and they walk up. All right, walk out of the mountain. Where are we going? I don't know. Peter, James, and John talking, you know, whatever. Then I don't know. Where's he taking us? He's gonna kill us. I don't know. Maybe he's got a cake for us. I don't know what's going on. And they get up. I don't know what I have cake. I don't know what's wrong in my mind. But he gets up there and they're hanging out, like, okay, now what? All of a sudden, Jesus' face turns into the sun. <laughs> Are y'all seeing this? And his clothes turn white as light, whatever that means. That happened. And we're just like, oh, cool. No, what if that happened to me right now? You'd be like, like, like Snapchat, put a little dog face on my sun face. I mean, you, it would be, it'd be incredible. All of a sudden, like, <laughs> <and> like <laughs> what is happening to Michael? He's transfigured. Then, what if, all of a sudden, while that's happening, two other jokers are on the stage at the same time or up on the mountain? Like, what is happening? That's what happened. That is exactly what Peter is talking. He's saying this. Check this out. We were eyewitnesses of this. And I want you to understand, a lot of people don't believe the Bible. Maybe you're in the room and you're like, I don't, I don't know, that's not real. Well, here's the problem. and Here's the debate. Is that Matthew, when this was written, hang with me. It's three people that saw this. And those same three people each talk about it. The same story, the same way. He says, we saw it. And then Jesus says that there were multiple up there, the threes. So all that's happening in verse 2. And then verse 3. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. Okay, are you with me? Mountain craziness, glowing Moses Elijah. Ah! Verse four. Peter gets nervous. He stresses out. He goes, "Lord, it is good for us to be here." <laughs> what? Like this is so random. Like ah, Jesus. Ah, all these people going on. Lord, it's good for us to be here. <laughs> you know, you just say stupid stuff whenever you're nervous. <laughs> I do all the time. Like yes, hamburger. What? Lawnmower, man, what? He's getting nervous. He's just things come out. And then look what happens. He says that, and he goes, "Here's what I'm going to do. I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He knew their names, which is cool. He's like, "I'm going to build y'all three houses. I'll, I'll be back. We don't need a house, bro. Calm down. As he's going to build the houses, verse five, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this, this is my son, 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 son. That was awesome. I'm just kind of like, that was cool. In my mind, I'm like, that that was bad. All right, way to go. Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him, 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 him. Peter's like, I'm going to build you a house. It's good for us to be here. What's going on? And all of a sudden, this cloud comes over. Cloud's talking. Talking cloud. Says, shut up. Listen to Jesus. That's what happens. That's That's a real story. Peter's saying, I saw that. It was incredible. Like, you can't even imagine. And then, in verse 19... He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. Here's what he is saying right there. He's saying this experience on the mountain was so awesome. This experience, I saw it, I heard. And then he says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. Reliable, prophetic. He is talking about the Bible. There have been 25 different books written that some people say is the word of God. 25 books have been written that people will say it is from the word of God. Cool. Other religions say we wrote something And it is the word of God. Here's the problem with those words of God. Is that they're not prophetic. Notice it says prophetic. We also have the prophetic message. Meaning. Prophecy. Meaning. Somebody predicted that something was going to happen hundreds of years before it happened and it came true the bible is the only book titled the word of god that has prophecy in it the old testament people said these things will happen hundreds of years later those things happened he says, man, it was, it was incredible what happened on the mountain. But, but, but we have something that's even more, even more reliable than that. He says the Bible is more reliable than hanging out on a mountain with Jesus. And then look what he says. The Bible is more reliable. It's more reliable because it is full of prophecies. By the way. Those prophecies, every single prophecy in the Bible has come true. You can't look in there and be like, well, that one didn't come true. No, it's come true. That one didn't know that it's come true. They've all come true, they've all been proven. There's a prophecy that says Jesus Christ is going to come back. There's a prophecy that says He's gonna come back. He's coming back. That's the final one. That's the prophecy. If every other prophecy up to that has come true, then I'm going to go ahead and believe all of this. Peter says, it is amazing. So, since I'm about to die, since all this is going on, I want you to remember this one thing. That was awesome on the mountain, but this book, wow. In verse 19, he says it's so reliable. He says to those people, he's about to die, he cares about them, and you will do well to pay attention to it. And it's separated by commas, meaning you need to pay attention to the Bible. I'm about to die, and you need to pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to it. You will do well to pay attention to it. And I want to tell you that tonight. You will do well to pay attention to the Bible. Period. Well, why? Why would I do well? Let's go ahead and see what he says after the comma. As to a light shining in a dark place. Everybody's, man, it's the end of the world. All this stuff is happening. All these things are going on. It's it's blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, if it's so bad, then let's read the word because it is a light in this bad, dark place. He says it's the most reliable thing. But what do we do? Nothing. He's talking to super stud Christians who've been to every single beach retreat. They come to every single Sunday morning Bible study. They haven't missed a live. They're on the leadership team. They're dancing and jump. They're serving and giggle. They're doing all this stuff. The best of the best, you would say. And here's what I would tell you, all of you, myself, it would do us well to read the Bible. It would do us well to get in the Word, would do us well to stop living on the fumes of a great event or an awesome time you have with the Lord, but to get into the Word every single day. As a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. My challenge to you is this. We're about to not have live until January 11th. Who cares? You still have the word of God. And we take it for granted. You can download an app on your phone called YouVersion. It has Bible studies for you. has all this different amazing thing called YouVersion. Download it. Get in the word. If you need help with that, talk to myself, talk to anybody on my team. I can give you a devotional. I'll buy you a devotional tonight in the bookstore. I'll do whatever I can to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. I'm just not someone who stands on the stage and speaks. I'm someone who wants to get into your life and make sure that you know Christ. And my team can tell you the same thing as you've all experienced. And lastly, I would say, do you know him? Do you know Christ? Have you asked Jesus into your heart? If you were to die right now, do you know for a fact that you would spend eternity with him? Because you know you said, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. And tonight I want to make sure we all have done that. So with no one looking around.